what is the significance of the sales league table? The sales league table in itself is unique in multiple ways, but the primary one is it's the only league table that allows for a purely quantitative and objective approach to measuring the performance of suppliers in terms of their sales performance, which, if you like, is the real proof of the pudding in determining their performance and their acceptance by banks, their customers around the world. So in itself, the significance of the sales league table is in its unique proposition. And if I can indulge in the significance of the SLT 2020, besides the fact that it is a recognition of the performance of suppliers considering the external environment in which we are operating right now, the fact that the participation of more than 62 suppliers around the world and the number of deals they have recorded cuts across 150 countries, which is including about 2,500 deals from over 240 product solutions, in itself makes it an extremely viable league table for any supplier to be a member or a participant of. And for those who have performed very well, it is an indicator on how well they have performed, considering that the number of deals this year 2,500 deals is 70% more than what it was the year before. So we're looking at a, a league table which is truly global in its extent and covers a huge number of deals. How do the banking institutions and the technology suppliers actually use this information? How can they make use of what we're telling them? I guess the answer is most banks that seek to make an investment in a solution, be it in the core banking front or payments or lending or digital or you name it, would ideally want to know which solutions should they be considering based on how well they have been accepted by the market. In other words, a solution that has been well accepted and has been selling well is a real barometer, is a true indicator of how well they have been accepted by the industry, which in turn is a reflection of the solutions depth of offering that banks would like to actually take cognizance of. When it comes to suppliers, I think again, there are two parts to how this is received and used in terms of both from their competitive performance assessment standpoint, as well as defining their roadmap on which markets and which geographies are adopting, where are the investments being made, which sectors have been seeing significant traction. And beyond just banks and technology players, you also find market participants such as private equity players, and venture capitalists looking at these sectors closely and the audience that finds value in this is much, much more than what you would normally see in a regular analysis that you would see coming from any similar analysis that you see in the market. You've touched on the number of deals. You, you've told us how the banks, the technology suppliers can use the information. How did we get it? How was the sales league table compiled? It's an extremely long but objective process. The process starts as 
early as January of 2020, for instance, this year, when we seek the suppliers to submit the details of their annual performance, including the deals that they have sold to new clients with the details of the application area, the scope of what they covered, the geography where they have made the sale, the name of the customer to whom they have made this sale to, and when did they actually make this actual transaction. And each of these deals needs to be substantiated with supporting documents, which could either be in the public domain, or if not, then they would need to support it with validating documents that the SLT panel reviews very carefully, determines if the deal qualifies, and if not, then they obviously get rejected, which is a process that we go through with the suppliers to make sure this is well accepted and is standardized. So the comparison of the supplier performance in each of the respective categories is an apple to apple comparison. Well, I think you may have answered my next question or at least touched on an answer to my next question. How do you actually curate the information that you're receiving? Well, that's really where the crux of the SLT uh, and the heart of the SLT evaluation process lies in. Because you see, suppliers, when they want to make a claim on their performance, either due to their excitement or through inadvertent you know, approach, there are deals that they would submit that could, for example, be not pertaining to the year that is being evaluated for. For instance, in this case, we only count the deals that were made between Jan 2019 till December 2019. If there was a deal that was done before 19, chances are that we already know about it and we simply reject the deal. Or if the deal was to be made for a customer which is not in the financial services and banking industry, then it's obviously rejected because we aren't looking to measure the performance of the suppliers on their overall sales. But this is an indicator of a comparative performance of the suppliers in the banking industry for the categories that they are actually competing for and within the scope of what we are looking to measure. In other words, we do make sure that it is an apple to apple comparison. And should I say that between 25 and 30% of deals that were submitted tend to actually get rejected. And this is across the board. And this process is also iterative because when a supplier submits the deal, if we find this, the supporting documents to be insufficient, then the panel goes back to the supplier, challenges them on what has been submitted, insists on having a validation with what would be a claim that can be validated or verified, including in instances where we seek to speak with the respective customers. And only on that basis are the deals curated and validated with the respective suppliers. So in other words, what you have here is as objective and verified as it can ever get. So when the reader or the consumer of the SLT uses this information to make their decisions, be it investment decisions or marketing or strategic way forward planning decisions, they are based on a real objective and validated verified sales league performance. Correct me if I'm wrong, this is actually the biggest league table that IBSI has ever published. One of the reasons it's the biggest is because new categories have been added. What does the addition of these new categories tell us about the way the business of banking is changing? For those who have been tracking the sales league table over the years, historically, 
the sales league table has been focusing on conventional banking categories and they in essence include core banking retail banking uh, wholesale banking which is primarily treasury and private banking but in the last couple of years we did introduce a bunch of new focus area categories which includes digital payments which includes cards lending risk compliance investments and fraud management we received an overwhelming response last year and feedback from a lot of players including banks who were looking to make investments for us to actually get more granular and have performance measured in categories that were not tracked in the past or have become more important more recently for instance when we used to look at wholesale banking it used to primarily be treasury in the past but now we also have transaction banking tracked payments was clubbed together as just one category of payments in the past but now has been further divided into what's wholesale and what's retail in addition to this we've also been looking at what's been the performance by suppliers in the category of pure play digital banks because that's also an area that we are seeing emerging as a key focus area so in essence we now have about 14 categories and three special categories which is measuring performance on the domestic side which has obviously been much much more than what we've always been doing over the years What can we say about last year? What were the key focus areas for banking technology over the last year? Obviously the conventional areas have remained to be in focus. We haven't seen a substantial drop even if there is it's not significant and it's marginal. But the new focus areas to do with risk and compliance, digital banking, payments, uh, these are areas that we see to have a significant traction over the last year these are not necessarily limited to any one geography and you see them to be pretty much spread around the world well reflecting how the industry is moving towards and it is a true barometer of the trend that we are measuring here on the subject of geographies can we get a perspective of the different level of activities in different geographies the way we read the geographies we divide them into four broad buckets the americas europe uh, middle east africa and apac and if i was to make a split on the number of deals that have been reported uh, 45% of deals in the americas and i'll come back to that in a minute you have about 27% in apac that includes india about 15% in the middle east africa zone and about 13% in europe but that being said i also need to qualify here that by default given the nature of the large number of community banks in the usa and what you also see in many other parts of uh, the american continent many of the deals are qualified to be what we call as domestic deals so these are deals done by domestic suppliers to domestic banks without an international competition so we have them separated out to be called as domestic sales league table performance and the winners are rated to be so as domestic winners and we extend that domestic categories to three countries the first is the us the second is india and the third is russia where we do see these three countries having a very large number of cooperative or community banks and the deals that are signed there are substantial so substantial that should they be considered as international then they distort the picture and the comparison of what would be true 
international competing or competitive bids by other players. So that's the reason why we have them called out separately. Let's end on this note then. We identify the activity levels, we identify the suppliers involved. What does it mean for the suppliers to be part of the sales league table, leadership club, the SLT stars and so on? Well, let me start by first saying that, you know, it's not only a privilege, but also uh, what I would call as a well-justified birthright of the suppliers to actually tell their prospective customers, as well as their own customers, that they are truly leaders when they actually belong to the leadership club. And this I say because here is a comparison that really puts all suppliers on a measurement that is purely and only based on their sales performance and not based on any other qualitative judgment that may come from an analyst. That's so critical because there could always be a perspective of an analyst which is qualitative and beauty as they say lies in the eyes of the beholder. But not so when it's actually based on what customers have demonstrated their preference by way of having signed up these deals. So when a supplier is a leader in a leadership club, Uh, the top two players in each category. So it's quite privileged that way. You would find that these are the real leaders in their categories on a global scale, measured purely on the basis of their sales performance. And the stars, this is a category, the SLT stars, as we call, are the next best performing supplier in that category after having provided for what we see as the SLT leaders. These are performers who have still performed quite well in the industry. They did not qualify to be in the leadership club, but they are stars by their own right. And they deserve to be noticed and taken cognizance of if you are a bank. And if I'm a bank and if I'm looking to evaluate solutions that meet my needs in a certain category, then I would do well to look at players who belong to these SLT club, the leadership club and the SLT stars. And by the way, the other participants of the SLT are recognized for their performance simply because their deals have actually been validated and verified. So they aren't players who are hitherto unknown. They have demonstrated their arrival in the scene. And more importantly, I guess this is a message I probably want to share with many of my fellow industry players. These are days when you really have to be ensuring that your customers and your target prospects are well aware that you are alive and kicking and doing so well. Well, you can't get a better platform than what you have here when your sales performance speaks for itself. So you've made a statement there without having to utter a word. So what better than that? 